Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to our thought-provoking podcast with myself, actor, writer, director, and deep thinker, Libby MacArthur, counsellor, life coach, and all-round mountain man, Ross Hislop, and compassionate, strong advocate for women, motivational speaker and broadcaster, Anne Hughes. In this series of podcasts, we talk about the things that we hardly ever talk about. We attempt to unpack the obvious, important, enormous life topics, questions and controversial issues that no one hardly ever mentions or wants to discuss. Because it makes, well, at least some of us, feel a tad uncomfortable. Nothing here is overlooked. This is The Elephant in the Room. In today's podcast... Myself and my fellow elephants try and bust a few myths about sugar. We all get sugar cravings. I know I certainly do. But the fact is that sugar is probably the most consumed addictive substance around the world. And it is wreaking havoc on our physical and mental health. And guess what? Nobody is sounding the alarm, which makes this a very big elephant in the room. Ross, Anne and I started talking about our respective relationship with sugar and it took us all right back to childhood to clearly where this addiction began. Sweets were a treat, sweets were a reward and that's where the foundation of our nation's addiction to sugar began. As you're about to hear, my relationship with sugar started in 1960s Castle Milk, the peripheral housing scheme built by the Glasgow Corporation in the 50s. The ice cream van and its window stacked full of colourful sweets is an indelible image imprinted on my brain. <laughs> See, if I'm being really honest, I don't think I ever got my fill of the sweeties I fantasised about when I was wee. <laughs> Have a listen. I suppose we can confess about how much of a sugar addict we are or not, eh? and it all comes from upbringing, I suppose. When I was a kid... I would hang about with folk who would get you in, you know, when you were away and folk would say, going to get us in, going to get us in. I was never allowed to get in there. But I'd maybe be hanging about with, you know, Cathy Clay and Cathy Clay would get into her house when the van was there, you know, and you'd be hearing, Greensley, da 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 And she'd run in and say to her ma, money for the van! <laughs> and she, her mummy would give her money. And I, I'd be like, what, what kind of house is this? And I'd run out after her. I mean, I was lucky if the penny tree was something that I could manage, but... Van sweeties, completely different from shop sweeties. Uh, and I remember thinking, God, you know, imagine being able to afford shop sweeties. I mean, Cathy Clay would give me something for the penny tray because her mummy gave her more money than she knew what to do with. But 
we never had sweeties in our house. Never, ever, 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 ever. We did. Did you, you just, just gave me such a memory there of the van coming and me very occasionally getting money for it. But I live 12 up in high flats that used to be Ibrox <laughs> until only when I was really wee. Mama used to, used to throw the money out the window. And if you weren't getting the money, you would maybe get a wee piece of chop water, a wee piece of jam. Out the 12 story window, that's where you had. 12 stories up, and it would come flying down, and you'd be trying to work out why the wind was taking it. Do you remember when used to come out the house with a piece of margarine with sugar on the mud? I didn't even know. I was stuff like that. I think we had biscuits certainly and when it was somebody's birthday and they got their birthday money they had to buy everybody else crisps and sweeties that night that was a rule in our family right, right. so you would get sweeties occasionally but not like I would say my kids experience of the world where open the fridge and there'll be stuff there and saying that I've never been a fan of sugary sweeties chocolate yeah but like I don't let my wains have like I never have mm-hmm. had like um you know, boiled sweeties or jelly sure, sweeties, sure. stuff that's just full of E numbers. The stuff that's all at the till. Totally all yeah. at the till as the wains are looking at the jelly pigs and the... Aye. It drives wains after nut. I noticed that when my kids were wee, it drives them after nut. Totally. You can see it, can't you? Instantly. Mm-hmm. Instantly the change in Absolutely. children. You know, those skittles, those wee colourful balls of oh. sugar. Mm-hmm. You can just E-numbers watch it. You give them to a child and instantly they just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can watch them morph, metamorph into something and totally different. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Because wild. then you start getting all that stuff about, you know, stop being bad, you're bad, you're being bad, you're being bad. You're bad, but you and gave then, them the sugar for, for for a treat in the first place. Totally, totally. <laughs> and of course, that's the whole thing about sugar, isn't it? It's like, if you're good, yeah. you get sugar... And then it makes you bad. <laughs> it's like, if you're a good wee boy and you just sit there quietly and don't move, uh, mummy will bring you a sweetie back from the shop. And you sit there and no say a word. There used to be a thing, didn't there, about putting sugar on a wee's gums? Yep. If yep. they were teething. I mean, oh my actual God. Well, I remember you used to get a jag at school and, the, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd get you'd your jag and the first thing you'd get afterwards is a, a square of sugar lump, you know? That's right. It's, I'm sure it's an apocryphal story, but... Um, a pal of mine told me that they saw a mother leaning down into a pram once with a big, huge lump of sugar in the shape of, you know, some, you know, wee animal or something, you know, candy or something, and leaned down at the pram and went, say geese. <laughs> but anyway, that kind of, you know, the, the, the pram, you know, the, the baby uh, wasn't even one, and you're like, here you go, say geese. Or I am brewing the baby's ball. So sugar, sugar is an elephant. Sugar is being something that we... It's masquerading. You used the word addiction, sugar addiction, and because it's legal and it's for sale, as you said quite rightly, isn't it? The they, they product place very, very well. Those uh, jelly sweeties right at the counter at the petrol stations uh-huh. or at the shops, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But they're screaming out sugar. But actually, there's tons of research done on the sweet spot for tomato soup or... It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Sugar's in absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. But how can we be addicted to it? It's legal. I mean, these people that are supposed to look after us, give us it. It can't be bad for us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Apparently, when I was reading about this, sugar was actually introduced in the West as a spice, not a sweetener. Wow. Well, mm. well, do you know, it's funny. It's all sugar that, was a spice, not a sweetener. It came via the silk route. That's yeah. how sugar got here. It was here. a silk route, yeah. Right. right. And um, so silk it was actually road. a bit... A bit Spice in your food, or you know, so it all went horribly, horribly wrong as, mm-hmm. as a condiment. I started off as a condiment, but seasoning your food, it was yeah. for part of that seasoning with cinnamon and things like that. And that's how it got here, sure. and that's what they thought they were replacing. And it is interesting, it's like actually, if you if you think about sugar in a kind of you know, um, 
everything in moderation, including moderation. Is it okay? Like I know you can go into a, a you know a big shop and go, oh, there's demerara and there's cane sugar and there's you know, mm. it's got all these different names. You know, if you look at labels, you're reading sucrose and corn syrup and you know, I mean, it's got loads of different. I think, isn't it? Like, our attitude to sugar surely changed because of the tax. Like, if I go and I buy a a full-flavoured Coke, it's going to be dearer now. I don't don't drink. I will put up there, I don't drink fizzy juice at all anymore. Uh But if I... So, I think the sugar tax has changed it, hasn't it? Because it's not dearer. But then, I suppose, is that bringing up the whole thing about the stuff that's got the fake sugar in it? Like, diet juice? He's a huge, I mean, that, that is very addictive. Yes. I, I know tons of folk that, that say, you know, two litre bottles of Pepsi and they want more. I was, no. before I was unwell, I was completely addicted to diet iron brew. Like, if I didn't have it by half 10, 11 o'clock, I could not function in my work. Yeah. Right? And then after I was unwell, I, I just, I didn't like to taste it anymore. And now if I taste it, I'm like, that's disgusting. Why did I ever like yeah. that? Whereas I thought it was the nectar of the gods. Sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and I suppose, you know, like, you know, I always think about the word treat, you know, how we treat ourselves, you know, and, and of course, since we were we, it was always the treat. It was the thing, you know, yeah. if you were good, you got a biscuit. If you were good, you know, again, we didn't have biscuits. Remember my brother said to my mum, my pals get chocolate biscuits. How come we've got rich tea biscuits? And he mm-hmm. said, they last, she said, they last longer. Of course, he said, he said, why don't you eat camel shit biscuits? They'll last even longer. I don't know. Is there something interesting in this sort of a splitting out sugar? I don't know because they're so there. We've talked about full, full sugar juice and aspartame, so diet juice. And then there's the naturally occurring sugars. Like if you have a beautiful fruit salad, you can feel very, very sweetened up. Yes, of course. Because yes. yeah. you've got, and that is sugar. Yeah. It yeah. just doesn't feel like the damage in sugar. Yes. And then I think there's all these sugars that are hidden like, Again, I don't really have microwave meals very often. But even if you've bought a microwave curry and you were to look how much sugar's in it. Unbelievable. Huge amount. Do you know where the sugar is? It's where yeah. the seasoning comes in. <laughs> Do you know where I'm always really shocked how much sugar? Bottles of water that that, that say they're flavoured with fruit juice. Yes. Unbelievable amounts yeah. of sugar in these oh. bottles of water. Exactly. With a And it's in the small thing. print on the rear of the bottle. Yes. That yes. nobody looks up, and you would need a set of magnifying bifocal glasses to be able to read it anyway. But they've printed it there somewhere for some reason. But um, shy wains don't get any sweeties either. Everything, everything revolves. Shy wains, hey, hey, away you go, get up there and ask. Shy wains don't get any sweeties. Ah, uh-huh. good. Yeah. You know, it's everywhere. It's been conditioned into us, hasn't it? Aye. So what we are, we, I mean, we're, we're beginning to lean into the, the conversation about the fact that it's not innocent. It, it, we're looking at you know for all the connotations that are about you know and you know sweetened up and and you know sweetmeats and and of course it's all about celebration it's all about party you know you think of a Wayne's party and you think just oh my god how much sugar are they going to have or if you're trying to soak in me a Wayne you know I buy you a wee sweetie I remember saying to my son when he was about seven I'm going to the corner shop do you want a wee bar of chocolate and he mm-hmm. said no thanks mum it's like do you know God, God bless. said no thanks to your sweetie. God bless my mammy who who passed away when I was 13, but she used to like quite often, she was a feeder and I think that was just, you know, she never got, she had a very deprived upbringing and, and I was the youngest by far of our four siblings and whenever we went out and she would give me treats, I should take me somewhere. Don't you be telling your sisters? Oh gosh. <laughs> So, so it was like, so food became a bit, yeah, almost a secret. Yeah, a cheeky secret. Yeah. And I think still I've got that hark back to things like that. 
is being time with my mommy, so yeah. it's a happy memory. Yeah. So like for me, even like my wee, my husband was out the other day with my wee seven year old boy, and they went past a baker's, and he was saying, "Let's get mum a cake." She'll like that, uh-huh. and he was right because I did. Uh-huh. But like, it's almost like I've pro- programmed everybody in my life to buy me cake. So it became this exotic <laughs> thing, it, it, you know, sweets for me were we, I suppose. I mean, Ross, you you were probably the same with that idea of you know, it wasn't something that you could get. You know, I remember people had a play piece that was sweeties. I was lucky if I had a bit of burnt toast as a play piece at, at school. My best pal, who's still my pal, um, at school, used to come to school with a wee mini box after eight, sometime with five after eight, and I thought she was the most decadent person <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Can you imagine after eight for your play piece? Can you imagine? I think it must have set up something for my compulsion for hiking because the sweetie jar was always hid in the highest cupboard in the furthest away <laughs> corner in our kitchen right. and I used to have to put a stool on top of a stool to get up onto the bunker and then crawl along the bunker like it was a trapeze and then swing off one door to get up into the corner and oh balance God. on my nose you know to get the <laughs> sweet <laughs> do you know what it's like the things we would go to to get the sugar yeah. as a way yeah. you know um, absolutely it was, all, it was all about getting money to, for me it was all about getting money to buy sweeties you know you'd go to the golf course and trail the long grass so you could sell the golf balls back to the golfers to for fightings to go to the Drake Cafe to you, get you used to, used to spend my Saturdays collecting ginger bottles when That's you right. used to get two pence back for them That's you know you used to go down with crates of them just so you could get one cup one wee caramel or totally. something like that uh, at the shop do you remember do you remember when you had a, a you know we used to do races at the back and if the wifey sat in the kitchen chairs at the back for a shilling you could get 24 sweeties you used to be able to get blackjacks and fruit salads and you'd mm-hmm. get they were in fact they were a farthing you get four for a penny so that was like whoever won the race could get a blackjack and a fruit salad so there was a big bowl of pure sugar ready to be handed out to the wains so see if we start to think about that sort of a really horrible side of sugar because and I've got a great I suppose to take us in that direction. I've got a great story. In 2012, I went to an event that was being run by um, a local charity called Rainbow Valley that tries to educate people on their wellness during their cancer journey and how they can take control of their own well-being, right? And this woman, Jessica Richards, spoke at it. Mm-hmm. And she had um, a breast tumour tumor in her breast, breast cancer, and she cut sugar. The story that she told that day, and she has wrote a book called Tropic of Cancer, which I've not read, but the story she told that day was when she cut sugar out of her diet completely. So she wasn't eating it in like the hidden in the microwave meals and all that. She just was not having sugar. The formation of her cancer tumour completely changed. Yes, I read studies on that and also. And so sugar can have a very sinister side to it, can't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yes. And that, this is this is why it's an elephant, because refined sugars, you know, was yep. all you know, it's all yep. white. Yep. It was you know, if you think about the industrialization of, of of Britain and then what came in was all these white tablecloths and white bread and white sugar and you know, and it was all to do with this kind of like delicate thing and refinement and stuff. And you think about refined sugar, what you're actually talking about is white powder that can go into your bloodstream as quickly as heroin, as quickly as, you know, and basically the spike, the insulin spike is so great, you really are talking about your whole physiognomy, what would you call it, Ross, the the, the body chemistry? The biochemical response and reaction that it has to as it enters, I think it enters through the mesolimbic system, which is the highway and dopamine reward system. It's a disempowering thing. It's a disempowering thing. And yet it's, it's, it's this carrot 
in front of the donkey, you know, we we all the donkeys that are kind of going, you know, oh, this is this is this is how we celebrate the, you know, a, a cake for the birthday, a cake for the wedding, a cake for the cake we can, and none of it's real food. Of course, it's not. And as we're talking, it's added into everything, and yet you've got an issue of inflammation or indeed a sugar-induced illness, which. I'm not a doctor, not a medical student, I'm nothing like that, but you don't need to be a rocket scientist to see that if you're putting 20, 30 grams, 60 grams, 100 grams of sugar into your body every day, that's going to have a detrimental effect on the organism. You end up with diabetes, you end up with heart disease, you end up with something, you go to a doctor, you get medication to treat the symptom, which is the diabetes. Doctor doesn't sit down and say how many grams of sugar you eat in a day, mister. No. You know, what's your lifestyle? What's your diet like? Do you have three square meals a day? How do you eat? What's your lifestyle like? Do you exercise? Not get time to do that. Yeah. And yet that story is so dramatic, and you know, that, that, that we're literally talking about a cancer patient. Of course, and you get the, the, the beets in and they're getting them ice cream and cake after their treatment. Yeah. You get the beets in the day, and there'll yeah. be somebody sitting having a wee square bit of jammy cake with some custard yeah. for their lunch. Mm. And 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 as even even more malevolent, in as much as lots of carbohydrates are, are stored, then they turn into sugars. <laughs> Do you know right. what I mean? Like you know, so e- even a package that might say no added sugar, you don't need to add the sugar. There's already hundreds of sugar in there, Aye. so the labelling's mm. quite quite. I think it's like interesting. There is actually no research to prove that sugar is psychologically addictive, and no. I was I had seen that fact the other day, and as I was walking here today, I was thinking. That's right, I'm totally addicted to sugar psychologically. Have I convinced myself that my body needs it? I don't know. But I would say I do have a psychological addiction to sugar, even though the medics would say that's not possible. I believe that it is in my case. And I remember when we had a chat once about food being an elephant, and I was telling you that day that the day before... I had been in Marks and Spencer's and I had got a Colin, a Colin Caterpillar reduced to £1.5 and I honestly was like, oh my God, this is the best day. This is like the best day of the pandemic because it was during the pandemic. <laughs> I have actually got a whole Colin Caterpillar that needs to be yet by the morrow that cost me a pound. Yeah. And so like, how is that not addictive psychologically? Because totally. that totally. was like, everything was going off in my head. Him, yeah. giving it to my wains, saying to my wains, I got a Colin Caterpillar for a fiver. Ultimately, most of the common caterpillar went in the bin because I couldn't eat the whole thing. <laughs> and my wings, yeah. my wings weren't quite as psychologically addicted as me, thank goodness. Sure. But, mm. you know, what is that thing about psychologically totally. needing sugar? Well, and, and is, it, is it the thing that's, that's um, I don't know, is it the thing that's just out of reach, that kind of feeling of, you know, like it, it's got that, you know, naughty as well, naughty but nice is that, you know, it's almost the strap line for anything that's sugary, you know, and, and it's like, oh God, if there's kind of, lust and denial involved at all. I think you know, it's like, you think about what we use sugar for. So you have a wedding, you have a wedding cake, you get a christening cake. Everything that we celebrate mm-hmm. is celebrated with sugar. Totally, yeah. Isn't it? Absolutely. When did you ever go to a celebration that didn't have a cake at it? If you know yes. get a cake, if you actually turned up to a celebration that didn't have a cake yeah. at it, and then I'd be like that, if that was like Molly's experience in a wee, that's Molly's daughter in a wee West End life going to parties and they didn't gear a cake. I'd be like, sort of a mod doesn't have a cake. I would be then judging the woman for not having a birthday cake. I remember Molly went to a door at my sister's in Strathbungo on Halloween and somebody gave her a flower. (laughs) Can you imagine (laughs) devastation on my way? And she was like, we're never coming back here for Halloween again, Mum. It's true when we were kids that if you had an aunt or an uncle, that was their way of um, having a relationship with you, was, was... 
I had an Auntie Vera who Once turned up. Once at my sweetie. Aye, there was, there was, it was very much, my Auntie Vera made the mistake of taking me, the, the most deprived Wayne in the street, and at the Drake Cafe in Castlemilk, and saying, you can have what you want. And I remember thinking these wild thoughts. I remember thinking, I've never tasted white chocolate. What, what is an odd fellow? What the fuck is an odd fellow? Oh, what does it taste did like? they pack that? Because they're rubbish. But, no, but then I thought, <laughs> Anne, she said anything. And I kept looking at her and saying anything. And she said anything. There was a big box with a Labrador puppy and a bow in the corner. And I was thinking, she said anything. Which means I could be at home in my bedroom with that box of chocolates and eating them all. And, of course, I knew my mummy would absolutely batter me. So I ended up picking Old English Spangles because I really loved the one that tasted a wee bit like Werther's Originals. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember her saying, is that it? Is that it? Because I didn't have the guts to ask for any more uh. than, than, than Old English Spangles. But that was a huge memory for me that I could have had something at the Drake Cafe that I'd never, you know, just literally ecstatic about the idea of sugar, ecstatic about it when I was wee... Because it was never <laughs> around, you know. So the elephant then needs to be, we're having this very glamorised conversation about our childhoods and how it's been entered, but the elephant is, if we can admit that we've got a addiction to it, how many people right now are sneaking about to get a sugar fix? How many people don't even know how compulsive became to sugar because it's been put into everything that we're eating? You know, you were talking about being psychologically addicted. Sunday, Saturday night was the last meal I had and I've just been drinking water and drinking green, green juice. Sunday was absolutely horrendous. I felt as if my head was in a vice. Mm. And, um, and and day one and day four, I'm on day five now and I feel as if I'm coming through the curb but like depressed and no energy and goodness me, it's been absolutely horrendous and I know fully I've been sober for drugs and alcohol for goodness, 15 years and my last addiction that I need to break is alcohol. You would go to, for those of you that are listening, Old School Alcoholics Anonymous, you used to go there with a drink problem. The past master would give you a Mars bar or something like that and say, you got a pan for a drink, son, just have the Mars bar. You look at the amount of sugar that's in alcohol, mm. amount of sugar that's in a bottle of wine or a pint of lager. And as we're talking about, it's absolutely everywhere. But then we're the one that's eating it and then expecting somebody else to look and care for us and take care of our physical health that's had a detrimental impact because of the amount of abuse that we've gave our body. Yeah. It's our responsibility to yeah. read the labels. As and I think we give our responsibility away too often with everything. Absolutely. We're always it. giving our power away, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if if they give me it in school, if they give me it in the hospital, you know, if they give me it here, then it must be okay. And we've almost sure. like removed ourselves from from authority in our own lives and I mean God we do that in so many areas but I think we definitely do it with our food don't we and, and it's like try not to be too depressing about it but I very rarely do it but if I go to a massive big Tesco's or something like that see if I get to the end of an aisle and I've not put anything in my trolley I'm like yes you know they've not got me it's a victory you know you have to kind of literally defend against all the advertising and all the pushing and all the it's so and there's hard, so though. little food on the shelves there's so little actual food, right. you know. I'd like to go to primary schools and go, right, okay, so that's great. You're getting to uh, learn to read and, and write. So let's do a wee bit of um, cooking. Let's do a wee bit of what is food and what's no food. Let's do a wee bit of, you know, I mean, there's so many things I'd like to teach at primary level, you know, everything from self-defence to first aid. That's home economics, Giving them effective well, folk economics. You know, I remember the day I found out that caramel cake was something you could actually make at home by buying a tin of condensed milk and boiling it in a pan and I was 
I was over the moon. I could have my own caramel cake. Oh, my God. If I get a digestive biscuits and a tin of condensed milk, and I, I didn't need to hope mm-hmm. the dinner lady said there's extra portions available, I, I, you know? Uh-huh. So it's like, you know, I'm a big fan of this woman, Susan Pierce Thompson. She's very American and very uh, evangelistic. And sometimes as Scots, I think, are put off by that. But she talks about bright line eating. She would basically say what you're doing, Ross, is unless that's out of your system, unless these very high kicky foods that, you know, spike your insulin are actually gone from your system, you don't understand what appetite actually is. And I totally understand that. Mm. You know, like that feeling of, you know how that feeling when you've had your dinner and uh, you've maybe decided to go and watch something on Netflix and you get a want on you mm. and it's a kind of... It's kind of angsty and it's like kind of, I could just a wee, I could just... Oh, a wee something. A wee something. Just a wee something. Oh, just a wee... Oh, Give me a wee something. Oh, a wee, oh, I don't know what, but a wee, oh, maybe it's an old cake. Maybe, oh, wait a minute, is there any of that? Where's that old biscuit tin? Any of them, like, you know, that kind of want that's on you and it's anxious-ridden, it's, it's mm. anxious-making, it's not appetite. Remember my sister saying, oh, God, she comes with six cakes, I eat one, she eats five. I've never known anyone for an appetite with an appetite like it. And I go, nobody's got an appetite for five cakes. That's no appetite, that's addiction, you know. I get that I'm a, I am a psychological eater. I would eat if I was sad. I would eat to make myself feel better in that case. I would eat if I was stressed. I would eat to celebrate. And a lot of that, if I think about it, even now, it's like... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated wow did we just write an ad yes Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm a bit fed up with, what do you want for your dinner? I don't really care, but is there a cake for after my dinner? <laughs> totally. Do you know that way? Yes, so that yeah. sugar, just as we're chatting about it, I'm thinking my sugar addiction is actually getting really bad and you being I'm not going to go off food because I just wouldn't be able to function with that I'm not doing that Ross I'm not copying you there yeah. but if I was to even if I'm really being really honest if I was to decide just now right I'm going to cut sugar out my diary for 24 hours my diary out my day for 24 hours I don't even think I could no, do but, that you know it's funny talking Goodness. to you that's but, quite shocking isn't it no it's not and it's actually not I, I, I don't think it's shocking at all I want to put up in neon lights it's not your fault Mm. It's what's been done to us. And you're right about delegating your power away, but how we actually achieve a, a, a position of any strength around this is not through willpower, not through discipline. I mean, Ross, you need to back me up here because you're, you're brilliant on this stuff. It, there's no way that you could just screw, you know, your head to it. You know, basically, well, this stuff's coursing through your systems, no way. What, what might happen, and that's why I love the bright line thinking, and I've been reading and talking about this for years and nobody able to do it. I did it for two weeks once, unlike your man here. But if the high kicky foods, and it's all white flowers, you know, it's all it's, it's flour as well as sugar, as well as um, cocaine would be in there as well. But any highly processed, refined foods hit your bloodstream in, a, in an unnatural way. And what happens basically is you get peaks and troughs and peaks and troughs and peaks and troughs, and none of it's to do with normal appetite. It's to do with just basically feeling depleted, feeling hungry. The nutrients are not there in the food that's on the shelves in the supermarkets. So we're so starving. So you actually are starving. You're starving. It's not that you're 100% greedy. Agree. My pals would go, go oh, but Libby, you, you eat too much, your portions are too big. And I'll go, I know, I know, like you, Anne, it's emotional eating. The moment I feel overweight, I want to treat myself with a wee, a wee solace from, and I, and I kind of, you know, something to eat. But once the stuff's out your system, what happens is you go, my God, it's been four hours since I've eaten and I've not even thought about food. This is mental. It's like your ordinary, clean, happy leanings towards good food come back. Like Absolutely. like magic. Do you think Absolutely. it'll get like cigarettes? You know, the way cigarettes used to that. be glamorous. And you know, that was, and it was advertised everywhere and having a fag was a very glamorous, sexy woman stone in there in her lovely gown and her lovely cigarette. Yeah. And now you can't even advertise cigarettes and even the packets got pictures. Look, I mean, the packets on cigarettes are disgusting know, now with the pictures. I know. I know. Whereas we're still, all, we're still advertising sugar all over the shop. We're still in Wonka, aren't we? And I'm thinking about Ferrero Rocher, which is a wee favourite of mine. And, like, you know, the ambassador likes Ferrero Rocher. And it's like this. It's very glamorised, isn't it? It was, it was yes. all to do with refinement, all to do with... Think of the flake woman. The sexy flake woman. <laughs> totally. The sexy wrappers, the colours... What really, what really grates on me is I, I, I drive up and uh, I know school holidays are on, but I, I drive up um, from where I go for a swim in the morning and I see the kids going into school and I see kids like, you know, first year, second year and they've got cans of energy drink that's about the same size as them. Aye. Right? It's like literally... The energy drinks are aye, horrendous. They've got energy drinks, right? Which is quite literally, you know, there must be about a litre in it. It's huge. And they're eating packets of crisps and they're eating bags of sweeties and they're walking to school at eight o'clock in the morning and you know the most sophisticated part of our framework if you like 
is the microgenome, the microbes in our gut. We've got microbes in our gut. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us have got about mm-hmm. a kilo of these microbes in our stomach. Mm-hmm. And they're primitive. They're primordial, actually. Mm-hmm. They're ancient bacteria. We have got no idea. The dam- we need those bacteria to be functioning healthy and well to support our immune system. And get this, if you, could, if you had a Ferrari, you wouldn't take it to a backstreet garage for its <laughs> service. <laughs> you know, Ferrari wouldn't uphold the warranty if you did. Yet we think it's acceptable to pour a litre of some kind of energy drink into this billions of year old microbes that's in our gut and not have any effect and on them. And then you think of the wider impact that's having, like you that using that example. I mean, these energy drinks are banned in some European countries. Yeah. You've got a kid walking to school having that in the morning. Yeah. The time they get into a place of learning, they're actually bouncing off the walls. Oh, no, are they oh, going oh, to effectively oh, learn that? Totally. No, 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 they get taken down and then get a diagnosis of ADHD. Exactly. Nobody sits down and goes... Did you have a litre of monster energy drink this morning? Exactly. And so then that impact, and then, you know, that way where you become, I would imagine, as you're coming down off anything, I don't don't drink energy drinks, but as you're coming down off anything, you get that sort of a dip, that wee bit of depression, that bit of of paranoia. So then they're looking on Instagram and they're seeing their pal who's a bit skinnier and a bit prettier and a bit living a better life. (laughs) And so then they're becoming paranoid about that. And actually, it's these sugary energy caffeine drinks, which is kickstarting the well, plague of, of anxiety, anxiety that we've got among our young people just of now. Of course, of course. There's a, there's a, there is a technical term for that, but it's like how sugar hijacks the reward system through the mesolimbic system in the brain, which is exactly the same as drugs. So like the mesolimbic system is less important, but it's like mostly the carrier, it's the highway. So if you imagine like the mesolimbic system in the brain is like the M8, the M8 is what connects Glasgow and Edinburgh, that's the main highway. So anything that's going to go into the reward system, that then goes down into the dopamine system, the dopaminogenic reaction that we have to it, sugar works in exactly the same part of the brain as cocaine, nucleus accumbens. Yeah. And under um, functional magnetic resonance, you can actually look at a brain on cocaine and a brain on sugar. And guess what? It's identical. It's exactly the same. So we're then looking at symptoms of behaviour, right? And you could get into an argument, and I actually have gotten into an argument with this, but then people would say, uh, but what if the families families were disadvantaged or um, impoverished backgrounds? And I scratched my head and went... What, gain them a can of Monster Energy drink and a bar of Cadbury's uh, dairy milk to go to school with mm-hmm. means it comes from a disadvantaged background. Mm-hmm. Sorry. See, you if know, they were taking cocaine eggs. in their way to school, would that change the subject? You know, and it's like, <laughs> and I like what you're saying, is it going to come to the, What really, really grates me is we're talking about these things and, you know, there's no, there's no a better form of sugar than, than another, but... We're speaking about these e-numbers, which has still got sugar in it, but these jelly sweets, Haribo's and sweets and all that, that kids just absolutely love. And it's sending Wayne's completely and utterly bouncing off the walls. And as we're saying, it's like, I want to reflect on what you said, Libby, which is really, really important. What we set up is a system of, if you're a good boy, you'll get a treat. Then you get the treat. The treat sends you off your head and then you get hammered. You get leathered. Yeah. You get leathered for being hyper. Yeah, for being grumpy and But wait a minute, uh-huh. wait a minute. If I'm a good boy, I'll get a treat. And then I've took this treat and I'm all happy that I've got a treat because I feel great that I've been a good boy. 20 minutes later, I'm as high as a kite and I get pulled up the close and get sure. my... I've, I've done it to my own niece, kind of going, oh, what you like, you know, and then realised her dad's just giving her a big pack of... Here's, here's too much information, right? But it reminds me of a, a story I had once. I met this girl and she came from a croft in the islands up north, the way up 
and she'd came to Glasgow, she'd followed her boy and then she came to Glasgow and she'd never had shop-bought sweeties. she just never had. She said to me she'd gone to school and her play piece was a bit of turn-up. But, um, <laughs> but she'd been she'd been in Glasgow and she was pals of pals of pals. And anyway, she took me aside and she said about sugar and flour and how she'd been eating a lot of cakes and a lot of... You know, she got totally addicted to sugar, totally addicted to, to Greg's and, and, and that's where she ate her lunch, dinner and tea. And she said to me, my body's changed. And this is a too much information but right? But what she told me was that she realised that every part of her that was trying to flush out these toxins from her system was doing its utmost to do so. So now, as an, an adult woman, she had and had never had before when she was up in the Croft in the islands, waxy ears, runny eyes, a drippy nose, sweaty armpits and a heavy period. Goodness. And it was almost like... So true. Any flow that could happen in her system was wow. trying to wash out you know, she said, I never had heavy periods. I never had wax ears. I never had sweat, you know, a sweaty body. I never had heavy periods. These these were all things that have happened since I started eating sugar and flour, you know. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. As I said to you, this is me on day five. Day four, which would have been Wednesday for me, the warmest room in my house is my lower bathroom. I think the radiator's too big for the size of it. And, um, <laughs> and I never realised how I was feeling until I went into the bathroom down the stairs and then I felt the heat minute I felt the heat, I got a sense of how cold my body was inside. Yeah. I was chittering. I was actually chittering. And when I tuned into that, the inside of me was rattling. And this is a legal substance. I've come off illegal drugs that I haven't felt as bad, you know? And it's just, I would encourage anybody, if you don't think you've got a problem, I say that to anybody, if you don't think you've got a problem, well, well stop it for 40 years. Aye. Aye. I know anything, I've got a problem. Anything, <laughs> cigarettes, anything I've not got a problem with, I've not got a problem with drinkers as well. Mm. Just cut it out. Just sure. go without it. That's why the bright line eating thing that, that, that is about weight loss as well says fluffy bunny slippers for the at least the first week. You don't do anything. Aye, right. You don't you lie about, you drink tons of water. And if you think you're going on the bright line eating plan to lose weight and then you're gonna to go to the gym and all that, forget it. You will be a wreck for five days tops. You know, you know, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and that's you know but guys, I mean, we're in Scotland. I mean, look what's happening in America. You know, Gore Vidal said that uh, you're going to get either a Pepsi Cola president or a Coca Cola president, you know, because sugar's funding so much stuff. So they're not going to, we really need to step up and take power here because it's back to what they're said. not going to, they're it's not going back, to stop back, back to giving us the sugar in it's, the it's, packets. It's completely, it's like we give our power away in every situation and where this sugar is just one of it. And it's like, one of the things that we were talking about as we were walking up here today was I says I came across a bit of information that was unrelated to this, but I was looking about uh, potassium and magnesium absorption from a banana and how I could eat it and get absolutely nothing from the banana as Anne could get 50% benefit, Libby could get 75% benefit. And that got me thinking. I mean, that's completely true. Every individual absorbs and experiences everything entirely differently. Yet we've got a can of Coca-Cola or we've got our pre-packed meals and we look in the back and there's a wee square with the lines down through it and it says sugar, salt, da-da-da-da-da, 15 grams, 12 grams, da-da-da-da-da-da, all the rest of it. That's irrelevant information. It's there to cover legalities. But it's completely inaccurate because I'm going to I'm going to utilise the energy from that totally yeah. different from yeah. you, totally mm. different from Anne. 
Yeah. It's like know thyself is and actually. It's, it's like oh well, what is the recommended daily guidelines? I don't know. Has anybody got that? The, 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 the RDA of sugar, I think, is something around about let's say for an argument twenty grams, right? Whatever it mm-hmm. is, there is a recommended daily allowance, which I think is far too much personally. Your recommended daily allowance is done in one Mars bar. Do you think the food manufacturers are in on it? Do you think they're they're like it's happened by accident? Like the way theoretically no. they didn't know when they started doing cigarettes that it had carcinogenics in it. Because theoretically they perhaps didn't. I believe they perhaps no, didn't, I right? Think, I think there's but loads of Do you research. think they're all just like colluding in it now? No. Make more sugar, put mer- make it more addictive. I think there's... Make an unhealthier society. Well, there's thousands of pounds spent on uh, research how to just get that sweet spot right yeah. for people to come yes. back for more. It's scientists you know, it's, that are creating our food. <laughs> that, I mean, it's know? just all about capitalism. It's, it's all marketing. about money. <laughs> Do you know how much the world consumption... I don't think we can quantify what this means, but I looked it up. The world consumption of sugar in 2020-2021, so this was new figures, 171 million metric tonnes. We don't know what that means, but it sounds like an awful lot. That's a lot. That's an awful lot. That (laughs) That is the world consumption of sugar. And then we look at why are our hospitals filled with diabetes, chronic heart disease, cancer? So guys, we've gone for this this refined, you know, refinement. It's all, you know, lovely. It's the devil in the room. And and it's this kind of, you know, in America, the the 60 Minute programme, there was this kind of documentary series called 60 Minutes. Um, There was one just called Sugar and it's banned. You can't get it. I mean, you, you probably, if you were knew what you were doing online, you could probably find it. But they just banned it. They just went, what? Take that away. And that, you know, that's what Gore Vidal saying. He's saying you get a Coca-Cola present or a Pepsi-Cola present because the big sugar moguls are just funding... Running what, the world. Running the world. It's this. So, and I bet you the folk at the sitting room, the board tables don't have sugar. I bet you're very healthy people that don't have sugar in their diets. No, don't eat what they're producing. This is the big don't joke. Yeah. They know. Yeah. Don't, don't get high in their own supply. And let's face it, guys, if, if, we, if we go to any you know, um, big housing scheme that, you know, I was brought up in, in anywhere in Glasgow, you are looking at what folk think is food in most people's cupboards, you know. It's very hard for people to really understand that there's something wrong with the shelves, the supermarket shelves, you know. We really need to start understanding what is food and what's not actually Because food. I think, and I think this is interesting when it comes to, you know, that the whole food poverty that we've got now. And, you know, you'll have people thinking when they get their money, however that comes to them, that they are doing a good thing by going to farm foods and buying meals to put in the fridge so they can of feed course. their wains all week. Of course. And I think the link that we've lost is people no longer get taught how to make a pot of soup. Absolutely. How to make a, a you yep. know a, a bowl a big gigantic pan full of stew or something like yep. that that will last yep. all week and would actually and I know and a really sad story I suppose is like somebody who said when a person was going through their day in an organisation I was doing a bit of work with and said to them, but do you spend your money on? The Wayne's like an omelette out the Chinese. Well, you could make an omelette for like 50 pence by buying eggs, and they didn't know an omelette was made from eggs. Oh. Right? So if that is the reality oh, of how we are educating people about food, mm-hmm. that we actually now have multiple genetics. So I did. My mommy and then my daddy and my sisters taught me how to cook. Right. I, my oh. daughters can cook full meals. I still often cook, cook for an dinner. Right. Do you know that way? So my children have learned in God. Thank God that I've been in that position. But if ah, if there's people that are now in second or third generation and nobody teaching them how to cook, yeah. and them doing the best oh, they can do is buying something that they don't realise is full of sugar, mm-hmm. 
and mm. feeding their child that. And their child not only is hyper after it, but is also hungry after an hour. That's yes. the point. So we're talking about, you know, whether it's in a you know, a kind of you know, physiological thing or an emotional thing or you know basically if you're not giving your body the nutrient amount that it needs, and, and this is the big thing about, you know, crispy pancakes is it's not going to work because you're, you're still going you're to feel starving. hungry. You're exactly. starving. You're, you're starving. literally You're depleting. literally starving. And you yeah. could make a pot of soup for £2 that would yep. last you for two days, your yep. whole family. Absolutely. And, and, but then it's like, what bread are you dipping in the soup? The bread's full of shite and all. Yep. And it's like, so it's like society has just messed with people what? and we have just set them off on the wrong path and it takes something bigger than me or you's making a personal choice about how much sugar we put into our body. Sure. It takes a societal shift. Well, we need to make that. And how who does that? Because yeah. I don't know that we can start that but as much as we'd want You've been using the word addiction and I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't agree with addiction. That, that's a whole other conversation. But the mm. word addict, the word addict in itself comes from the Latin addictus, which means that back in the olden days, someone that couldn't pay their debt they would then be assigned to the debtor and that would have been a form of slavery. So really when we say sugar addict, what we're saying is we're enslaved. enslaved. We're now having a conversation about how enslaved we are by the authority that's providing us these beautifully packaged, loved what Libby said, our meals, that, you know, leek and cream chicken that you put in the <laughs> oven for 20 minutes, it wasn't your granny that cooked that. That was scientists in a room mm-hmm. that actually come up with the correct coding and sweet spot and a bit of that and a flavour of that. We've got scientists that are alchemists that are working with our food to get our dopamine system hijacked to such a level. We got into a different conversation. They're doing it in Facebook. They're doing it with gambling. They're doing it with roulette machines. They're, they're hijacking our reward system at every turn. We're just a puppet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's next then for us? As we Just, start to come to the end of this, what's oh, next for us? I've got sugar? another five Wait. days. I've got another five days and hopefully I'm through it. Oh, no. Ten days and my body should be clear. I mean, we're not advocating that we do what you're doing, Ross. You are a man of I'm extremes. Extreme. But, but, but basically the food is out there good food is out there you know let's just let's just look at all because all the beautiful sweetness of of you know putting grapes in the freezer you know yeah. instead of a mild sweetie you know you know there's I, loads I, of different on that ways very to talk it let's bounce this in have you ever on a sunday for an example i've done this once sat down and created like as you said a big bowl of soup put it into five or six tubs, that went into the freezer, you created meals, da 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 and you knew what you were cooking, right? Versus not doing that. Yeah. What component is different? Because I was thinking about that myself because I'm talking about my relationship with food. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this detox just now so that I can set myself to a cleaner path moving forward. But see, when I don't know what I'm eating day to day, it causes me stress. Causes yeah. me stress. It causes me stress. I've got, oh, oh goodness, I've got to get something for my dinner. I've mm-hmm. got to go and get something in. Mm-hmm. Whereas, see, when I actually spend two hours on a Sunday and make a bowl of soup and some meals and some lunches for the week going forward, the week I, just goes a whole lot better. Of course and, it and, does. And, and, and you know, you know, hunger is not a crisis. You know, if you're feeling a wee bit like, oh God, I need something to eat. You know, enjoy it. Just kind of go. Oh, I'm going to really enjoy this. You know, but yeah. So basically. We're tying this all up, all up now just to sort of say, let's do our research, you know, even if it's Jamie Oliver, let's find out where the food lives and go and get it and start to experiment. I know when I cook 
and I, as you know, I can cook, guys. But when I cook, I always love choices that are healthy. They mm. taste brilliant. Toasted seeds and nuts and, you know, everything. Anyway, it's the way to eat. To, to just I to, think for to me, realise what's happening with sugar. It's taking a wee bit of personal responsibility for it and yeah. not just shoving stuff down my gob, which I do far too often. And I'm not going to stop eating cakes because I do love cakes, but maybe I won't love them quite as much if I sort out my sugar addiction. Sure, maybe sure. I won't. We can, we can find a way. <laughs> anyway, sugar, who would have thought it could have been so dastardly? Who would have thought? Those wee squares. Who knew? Well, if it was dastardly enough for certain programmes to be banned in America, it tells us something, does it not? <laughs> it makes us think. Doesn't it just? All right, enjoy your food, everyone. Lots of love. See you next time. Thank you for listening to our programme. You can find future episodes on Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. With thanks to Matt Ramsey for editing and mixing this episode. This podcast was produced by Solace Sounds. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.